Dr. Dana Varble is with us. She's not the type of doctor we're talking about here. Yes, she's a doctor. She's the chief vet officer for the North American Veterinary Community. Um, is it like that with, with dog and cat vets, with animal vets? Or is it the same thing where you have yeah, more appointments than you have time? <laughs> <laughs> There's more pets in the world now, too, you know. During the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, we were seeing a surge, an increase in pet ownership, and also an increase uh, for pet owners to seek more advanced medical care. So, yeah, there's just not enough veterinary veterinarians and veterinary technicians to go around right now. We're doing it sounds like we're doing a little better based on your stories, though. I have yeah. not asked anyone to schedule next year yet. Sometimes <laughs> it's a couple of weeks. I feel bad about that, but um, no, no one's scheduling for next year when they call us. That's for sure. <laughs> you can always find her at exoticpetvet.com. I'm so happy to have you on. I was reading this story about a guy who went back to his childhood home, and when he was 12, his parents moved, and they, they gave his dog, his new pup, a golden retriever to the family that was moving in. I thought it was the most horrifying thing I had ever heard. But he went back yeah, to visit his child. I know, oh I know. Goodness. And so he goes back 12, 13 years later, and the dog's on the porch, and the dog remembered him. So the question wow. is, how long will they remember us, Doc? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I don't know that we have a, a solid answer on that, but we know that animals' memories are far uh, better than we used to think. Um, You know, each of us has a unique scent, a unique look, and we do see dogs recognize their owners many years later. And, you know, there's all those great stories about pets being lost and refound and uh, families being separated for, you know, tragic reasons, and the dog remembers. And we found that's true. Probably one of the best stories about this, Elisa, was they did a study, believe it or not, on tortoises in the Galapagos. Fascinating creatures, big, huge, 200-pound tortoises. And they found that some of them remembered the path around the island decades later. Wow. (laughs) Again, those are tortoises that are going to live 50, 60, maybe even 100 years. So memory is far more important and far more um, developed in our animal friends than we ever realized. So, and so Joan surprised me. Joan sent in a text and she goes, well, what about cats? And I'm like, well, I don't mm-hmm. know. The cats act like they don't know <laughs> us to begin with. But <laughs> good question. I don't know that we've done any studies on cats. I think cats, if they remembered us, would they tell us? Would they no. even give us the time of day? You know, yeah. Interesting <laughs> question. Uh, Dr. Dana Varble is with us. And if you have a question, 312-981-7200, you could text it or you could call. But of course, on a day like today where the heat is extreme, my concern is always about pets and how they're being taken care of. How do we know when a dog has heat stroke? It's a great question. You know, our pets, especially in Chicago, have been used to the cold weather for a while. So this abrupt change in our weather going from being pretty mild to extremely hot makes it them a little more at risk. Heat, you know, heat exhaustion is more the the kind of the baby version of heat stroke. And it looks like panting, drinking water, um, maybe acting really tired, seeking shade, seeking cool surfaces. And that, you know, might not be a medical emergency yet. You know, you know your pet best. I always tell people if it seems off to you, give your vet or give the emergency vet a call. But 
you know, at that point, get them in a cooler environment, get them some water, maybe splash some water on their paws and ears if they if that doesn't stress them out. When it goes to heat stroke, you're going to see more severe signs. So that panting becomes even more exaggerated. You have an animal that's acting weak or, you know, dogs and cats, they, vomiting and diarrhea is kind of the weakness. So if they start doing things like that, can't keep water down, stumbly walking, they're showing signs of heat stroke and you need to get to the emergency room as soon as you can safely. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Dana Varbel is with us. What about people who are walking their dogs sometimes on asphalt or they're running or jogging with their dogs in weather like this? Yeah, I mean, the asphalt is always an interesting thing, Lisa. We see this a lot. We see what we call friction blisters on dogs' feet from being out on that hot asphalt on the hot concrete for too long. And you're right, more common when they're running or playing on it. Be careful around the pool. For those of you that have pools, you don't think about it, but the the concrete, the deck around those gets really hot. So remember that that is if it's too hot for you to stand on barefoot, it, it's too hot for them to stand up for long periods of time. Stick more to the cool, more or, you know, early morning hours before the sun gets too hot, or the late hours for your running, your jogging, or your golf play. Somebody has a question for you: Is there anything like catnip for dogs that I can put on my dog's toys to make him more excited mm. about chewing those? You know, that's a great question, not per se. <laughs> there are a couple of good uh, pheromone-based products on the market. It's not, as, it's not as foolproof as catnip. Cats love catnip. And you could try catnip on dogs, but they just don't seem to have the same reaction. So you could try something like that. There's some sprays and, like I said, some pheromone sprays to help attract them to the good things that they're supposed to chew on. But the other thing I always mention to people is sometimes if they're chewing on the right thing, don't interrupt them, but maybe drop a treat right next to it. Be like, oh, yeah, good boy, good good girl. Here's a little treat. If you keep chewing on that, I'll give you more. And it starts to associate the chewing on the good things with a little extra reward as well. So that can keep them, their attention focused on what it needs to be and not your furniture or shoes. Yeah. Dr. Dana Varbel is with us. 312-981-7200. If you have a question about your dog, your cat, your tortoise, a hedgehog, I mean, a snake, you treat them all, don't you? I do. I do my best. Yes. (laughs) We'll come back after Mary gives us a check on weather and traffic. What is the temp right now, Mayor? Seven twenty WGN. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to the mayor of Arlington Heights. I'm intrigued whether he knew that the Bears were meeting with the mayor of Naperville. Is it a negotiation tactic? Who knows? But Steve and Kevin will have more in the four o'clock news. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. We're so lucky to have her every other Friday to answer your questions, my questions, everybody's questions. Uh, somebody said. Um, that uh, they need to know how to stop their senior dog from barking at other dogs out the window or on TV. Now, I, I've got one in the family that likes to watch dogs on TV, but doesn't react by barking. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's so interesting when, um, and I, I, you know, my question to this person, I wonder if this is a behavior they've always had or if it's a new behavior. And the reason I ask is because they said they're senior dog. And the reason I, what comes to mind is some senior dogs do get something called canine cognitive dysfunction, which is basically the dog equivalent of Alzheimer's. So, you know, sometimes these dogs develop new behaviors that are literally associated with them not remembering things. 
So it's interesting. If it's a new behavior and it's changed as they age, it might be worth saying your vet there are some treatments for canine cognitive dysfunction that can slow that process and help them kind of recognize their surroundings and remember things a little better. So I'd start there. might be a training problem, though, too. And um, it's always funny because I feel like this comes up a lot, Lisa, and I always say, you know, sometimes our senior dogs need training again or retraining. So that's where I'd start with that one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've got two seniors, and (laughs) I swear they know what they're supposed to do, but they're like, "Mm, she's not going to do anything about it. I'll continue to carry on the way I always do. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So who's got trained there, Lisa? Yeah. Oh, they're great at training me. They really are. Let's jump to line two. Veronica has a question for you. Veronica, what's your question for Dr. Dana Varble? Well, actually, I have two questions while I was waiting. I thought of a second one. My dog's eyes run all the time down the hairs beneath his eyes. I'm cleaning them twice a day. What causes that running of the yeah, eyes a, into the coat? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question, Veronica. You know, some breeds tend to have more of that, um, and especially if you have a dog with light color hair. I always think, unfortunately, that the tear fluid actually has some pigment and coloration to it. And when it touches their hair, it changes color. It can happen in all dogs, but for some reason, in those light-colored dogs, it causes staining and it becomes more apparent. Yeah. (laughs) It's always the little white ones. It stains their little fur. So it can actually have long hair. Yeah. I mean, you could trim up the hair. I I cut the hair off around these eyes to help. And, and yeah. Veronica, I want I want you. I think the next question that you had that you told my producer might be of uh, more serious nature. So, oh, um, okay. right. let's talk about that one. Okay, yeah. Press on. Um, my vet has told me to go see an eye doctor, a veterinary eye doctor, because the dog has developed a black spot next to the iris in his eye. Mm. What do you know about that? She said sometimes they, if it's bad enough, they will take the eyeball out. Yeah, scary things. So there are ophthalmologists for dogs um, in Arizona. We have, or pardon me, in Illinois, we have one called Eye Care for Animals. But there are other veterinary ophthalmologists in the area as well. Um, and these are veterinarians that are specifically trained in with in medicine of the eyes. The eyes are very interesting and unique structures, so different from the rest of the body that they need their own doctor. So sometimes when we see spots in the iris of the eyes, it can just be a pigment change. So that's the good news. It may be nothing, but it can be a type of cancer, a type of cancer called melanoma, which is very similar to the melanomas that you and I get on our skin. And again, it's very serious. Worst case scenario is that the eye has to be removed. Believe it or not, sounds really bad, but animals do great with that surgery. They recover very quickly and they do just fine with one eye. So go ahead and make that call and and see what's going on with your poor little puppy's eye. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. You can find her at exoticpetvet.com. And we've got an exotic question for you. Uh, Yeah, this is interesting. My leopard gecko's hemipenis is very swollen. Vet suggested extra soaking, and it's not helping. Oh, darn it. So leopard geckos, for those of you that don't know, are these cute very cute little desert reptiles. They're great pets. They're very friendly. If you look up pictures of them on the internet, they always look like they're smiling. Uh, They have this little cute turned up expression, so they're great animals to keep as pets. 
Because they're desert animals, they don't require a ton of water. Uh, but even with that, they tend to have a really dry environment. They're in our homes with the heat on, the air conditioning on, and they can get kind of dehydrated and develop skin problems very easily. So soaking them, usually a couple times a week, and they're tiny, so they don't need a ton of water to soak in, maybe a half inch, sometimes even a quarter inch, can help increase their hydration and help resolve the skin problems. Hemipenes for leopard geckos are a reproductive organ, but they're, again, kind of associated with, usually it's associated with a, a skin problem. Hmm. If it's not getting better with soaking, it may be infected, it may even be impacted, and need a little bit of extra care at your veterinarian. So if you've given it a good try with the soaking and you're not getting anywhere, give your veterinarian a call back, say, hey, we're not getting anywhere with this, we need to investigate further, and they could do some things to maybe help that move along. How big is a leopard gecko? It's great. They're only about six inches long from the very tip of their nose to the end of their tail when they're adults. So, and they're really friendly. Lisa. They're usually, they don't mind being handled. They're not real uh, flighty. So they're a really good little reptile pet, actually. One of my favorites. So many questions coming in, um, and I appreciate you texting in your questions, but our time always comes to an end with Dr. Dana <laughs> Varbel. Uh, one question that came in early, is it true that bad breath in dogs signifies kidney failure? It can, yeah. It's not the only thing, though. So the weird thing is that some people, this is, and this is true, some people can genetically smell certain chemicals that others of us can't. Um, I'm very lucky, Lisa, and this is a good reason to be a vet. I can't smell certain things. So, for example, yeah. That's good for your job. It's a good trait. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a, you know, it's good for me because, again, a a strong sense of smell in vet med is not always a great thing. But I, I have at least one technician that can smell anything, and it's great to have her around to alert me. But, yeah, sometimes the byproducts, the nitrogen waste products that we're not clearing with kidney disease can start to create an odor in the mouth. So that's one reason, believe it or not, advanced diabetes, which causes high ketones. Some people can smell those ketones in the mouth, in the in the saliva. Other times it can just be bad teeth. So, unfortunately, there's a number of reasons for bad breath, but, yeah, kidney disease is actually one of them. I'll tell you what, I've got a dog with bad teeth, and I know it's time again. More teeth have to be pulled because I'm like, Finnegan, you smell like a garbage can again. You smell terrible. Yeah. We appreciate you so much, and I love how much you love animals, and thank you for taking care of all the questions of our audience members. Of course, we've got a bundle more coming in, but we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Sounds great, Lisa. Have everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the summer. Dr. Dana Varble, you can find her at exoticpetvet.com. Steve has your news, the latest about the bears, coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. WGN.